1: is 8773813811 8773813811 Anybody out there understand the Biden administration's position on masks and vaccinations I mean truly does anybody comprehend what's going on here And there are experts who used to work in the government and experts who don't work in the government. They don't understand what's going on here. And many of them are saying, can we see the data that you're using, please? Can we see your data on the Delta variant and what it is that is driving you with these really confusing dictates? Have you ever seen anything like this? The CDC has no data. They won't release it because there isn't any. Well, I thought this is based on science. Now, people raising questions, forget about me, people raising questions, they're called morons. We have professionals, experts, scientists, medical doctors raising questions. Look, you do what you want. I got vaccinated as fast as I could, and I'm glad I did. There are people with maladies that can't. I got that. But here's my problem. What Biden and his administration are doing, and what the new head of the CDC and the others are doing, is they're discouraging people from being vaccinated, in essence, because they're saying even if you're vaccinated, you're not fully protected and you need to wear a mask. So if people are already cynical or hesitant or have an ideological issue with this, you just gave them a reason not to do it. The incompetence, in, incoherence of this administration is second to none. Which I guess is understandable since it is the Biden administration. Now let's start, walk through this logically, reasonably. No politics, no ideology. Let's just try and figure this out. Here's Biden at the White House today. Cut 18, go. The CDC recommends
2: you wear a mask when you're in public and indoors like work or in a grocery store. That's true for both the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. Why? Because even if you've been fully vaccinated and protected from severe illness from COVID-19, you could have the Delta variant in your system and spread it to someone who isn't vaccinated.
1: Now let's stop there a minute. So now the vaccinated could be the carriers of the Delta variant. And as carriers of the Delta variant, you could spread it to someone who's not vaccinated. Now, I'll tell you why this makes no sense to me. If you are vaccinated and you get the Delta variant, then theoretically, I guess, even the vaccinated will get the Delta variant. Right, Mr. Medusa? So what's the point of being vaccinated? Now, I'm not arguing against vaccination. What I'm arguing is they make no sense because they're not using data. This isn't a data-based argument. This is illogical. This is not a data-based argument. This is a group of people sitting around, struggling, trying to come up with ideas, and their idea is, let us justify that everyone has to wear a mask, even the vaccinated. Because if you're vaccinated and you have the Delta strain, which is like 0.01%, but if you're vaccinated and you have the Delta strain, the Delta variant, You may pass it along to somebody who's not vaccinated. Now, if you have the Delta variant, again, let's just play this out rationally. If you have the Delta variant and you've been vaccinated. And you can pass it along to somebody that hasn't been vaccinated, then theoretically, you can also pass it along to somebody who has been vaccinated because you got it right. So this doesn't make a lot of sense. So people say, let's see the data. They don't have any data. No, we want to see the data. We don't have any data. Wait a minute. If you're going to impose draconian measures on the entire population of this country, including people who are vaccinated or are said to be patriotic and interested in their community, then you need to have a little bit more than a fortune cookie statement. There needs to be substance. And if the science is with you, Show it, and particularly to the scientists. We have experts from Yale, from Johns Hopkins, from Stanford who aren't understanding this. They say, I don't get it. We have another one from Harvard that said, this is not right. And we're not hearing data. We the people, there's no data. Go ahead. We need to
2: wear a mask to protect each other and to stop the rapid spread of this virus as we work to get more people vaccinated.
1: Now, the rapid spread of this virus, people are saying, let's see the evidence. What virus are you talking about? The up virus or the Delta variant? Because what we see in the United Kingdom, which is a huge exper- you know, experiment, there's tens of millions of people there, is they had this Delta variant for a several-week period, and it reached a peak, and then it started to die out. It's dying out now. Now, that's not... Evidence, quote unquote, evidence in terms of uh, laboratory evidence, but that's better information than what we're getting from Biden and his so-called experts.
2: Go ahead. I hope all Americans who live in areas with substantial or high case rates will follow the mass guidance that's being laid down by the CDC. I certainly will, and I have, because this is one. Now you're those
1: ridiculous. Here. On top of this, I was the first to raise the point. The borders are wide open. People are coming into this country legally, but also hundreds of thousands illegally. Clearly, they haven't been tested. They're illegal. Clearly, we don't know if they've been vaccinated. You can be sure the overwhelming majority have not. They're poor. Their countries are poor. They don't have the vaccine. And he won't secure the border. Even though there's a massive health risk. He says there's a massive health risk. So that's point number two. Does that make sense to anybody? So if you're vaccinated, you're an American citizen or a legal immigrant, and you're in this country, you are to wear a mask outside and inside because you might pass the Delta variant to somebody who's not vaccinated. In the meantime, an illegal alien, and by the way, over the southern border, they're coming from all corners of the earth, not just Central and South America, all over the world, coming into the country. Gee, what are the chances that at least some of them have the virus or the Delta variant? Well, we know it's good because they caught a whole hotel filled with people who had the COVID-19 and were in a diner and walking down the street of a small community in Texas. Well, how many of these people are all over the country? They're being bussed all over the country. They're being flown all over the country without being tested. Now, this is absolutely incoherent. So illegal aliens are getting a health pass. And by the way, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, people who riot, they get a health pass. They got a health pass all last year. Democrat members of the Texas legislature, they got a health pass. But it's incoherent point number two. Vaccinated people have to wear masks to pretend unvaccinated people, he says. Illegal aliens the overwhelming number of whom clearly are not tested and they're not vaccinated, they don't have to wear anything. And in fact, our government's going to help move them all over the country. Does that make sense to anybody? I don't care your politics. Does that make sense to anybody? Biden says this, cut 19, go. You
2: know, and I know people talk about Freedom. What I learned growing up in school and my parents.
1: Oh, good Lord.
2: With freedom comes responsibility.
1: Really? Is that it?
2: Your decision to be unvaccinated impacts someone else. Unvaccinated people spread the virus.
1: Okay. Unvaccinated people spread the virus. Only unvaccinated American citizens and illegal immigrants or illegal aliens as well? Go ahead.
2: They get sick and... Fill up our hospitals. And that means if someone else has a heart attack
1: or breaks a hip. Yeah, you know, this this is, this is just unbelievable. And not a single reporter there says, well, how come you don't apply this to what's going on on the border? They just won't do it. But don't worry, Biden has a plan. Cut 20, go. So it's a day. I'm calling on
2: all states and local governments to use funding they have received, including from the American Rescue Plan, to give $100 to anyone who gets fully vaccinated.
1: Now, ladies and gentlemen, do you think that's going to persuade the people who don't want to get vaccinated? We'll give you 100 bucks if you get vaccinated. That resolves nothing. How about the illegal aliens coming across the border? They'll take the 100 bucks and the vaccination, probably. But shouldn't we secure the border? How is it that the CDC can issue directives, all kinds of directives, one that was found illegal by a federal court when the CDC got into the business of rent control? And the court said, you've nothing to do with rent control. Or the CDC gets into the business of the Second Amendment. But isn't it interesting, when it actually comes to really health issues on the southern border, the CDC says nothing. How come anybody doesn't ask the CDC director? Why don't you issue one of your fiats and direct your administration to secure the border for emergency health reasons, of course? Nothing. And yet, when you look at the CDC's map, where about 40% of the country and 60% of the population are in the, in the heavy area, a ton of it is concentrated on the southeast and the southern border and south southern california on the border nobody wants to talk about it because we can't have politics involved in this ladies and gentlemen no 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 no. i'll be right back in today's digital age where cyber threats loom larger than ever safeguarding your personal information is paramount Scott Gottlieb is a doctor and a former commissioner of the Food and Drug Administration. Joe Biden hasn't even nominated anyone for that post yet. Uh, I think he's looking for a person that hasn't yet been in a position like that with all kinds of uh, different qualities, which have nothing to do with medicine. And here he is on CNBC the other day. Cut three, go.
3: And if you live in a high prevalence area, the advice I've been giving people is that if you're taking care of young children or other people who might be vulnerable, you should be mindful that even if you're vaccinated, if you're in contact with the virus, there is a risk that you can contract the virus. And with a much more transmissible strain like Delta, where you develop high viral levels early in the course of the infection, there's probably also a risk that you could transmit the virus. So people just need to be mindful of that if they're in contact with someone who can be vulnerable. Whether or not that should then translate into general guidance for the entire population that if you're vaccinated, you should wear a mask, I don't think that that's the case. I don't think that we're going to get enough bang for our buck by telling vaccinated people they have to wear masks at all times to make it worth our while. I think we're further into this Delta wave than we're picking up. I've been saying that for weeks. I think, you know, in another two or three weeks we'll be through this this new guidance will have a negligible impact on that. I think much more prudent guidance to people would be that if you're vaccinated, you're in a high prevalence area, you're in contact with the virus, you think you might have the virus because you have mild symptoms of it, be prudent, get tested, maybe wear a mask, especially if you're around a vulnerable person. That should be the bottom line guidance we give.
1: Now, why why does he come up with that position? Why does he come up with that position? Because he sees what's going on in Great Britain. Great Britain is the petri dish right now. For some reason, that country in particular is sort of ahead of ours, and I don't mean that as a positive thing, when it comes to getting the virus and now this variant, the Delta variant. And as I said near the opening of this program, what they have found in Great Britain is that it spikes two or three weeks, and now it's in decline. They have found if you've been vaccinated and you get this variant, it is not life-threatening. It will not be debilitating. It'll be like a flu or a cold. It'll be an annoyance. And if you're not vaccinated and you get it, well, I'm just telling you the truth. Still, the death rate's very low. And I'm somebody who believes in vaccinations, by the way. Sorry, I'm not in the other crowd. It's just the way I am. But I also don't believe that flailing around government officials, longtime bureaucrats with medical degrees and so forth, should be imposing their will when they don't even provide the data to the American people. You have a position, you're in a position that requires scientific knowledge and experience, then present it to us, but they don't present it to us. All we get our opinions that you can get on TV, which means nothing. So this is very strange. Very strange. Over at the National Review, CDC's mask guidance will backfire. So now we have the mask guidance. What is this mask guidance based on? Well, they won't give us the data, but we do know this. Just the news. Journal changes status of submitted India study from reject to revise after CDC highlights it. What's that all about? The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention cited an unpublished study from India to justify its recommendation that fully vaccinated people wear a mask in public and indoor settings in areas of substantial or high transmission. That study, which claimed the Delta variant produced an unusually large viral load in more than 100 vaccinated healthcare workers with breakthrough infections, was listed as having failed peer review in the journal Nature when the CDC cited it. It is a failed study. It is not a competently scientific study. And as far as we know, right now, that is what the CDC relied on. And until the CDC can actually provide us with the data that the CDC relied on, that's what they relied on, according to a CDC memo itself. More when I return. I know you love freedom. Now, how do I know that?
0: Mark Levin
1: speaking to
0: the four of the five Americans who are literate at 877-381-3811.
1: Let me tell you what masks will not do and vaccinations will not do in every case. Protect you from a killer. The death that's going on in this country, the murders that are taking place, particularly in our cities, is just horrific. These are war zones at night in particular, but not exclusively. You can wear a mask, you can be vaccinated. And a certain number of people are going to be murdered every week in these cities and elsewhere. So Joe Biden go on and on about wearing masks and getting vaccinated. Okay, fine. But he he refuses to take effective steps. Steps that have been taken in the past to bring down murder and other crimes in this country. He refuses to do it. The mayors refuse to do it. Some of them reluctantly say we need to have more cops. After their failed experiment has resulted in so many deaths. So you can wear all the masks you want and get all the vaccination shots that you want. And it will not protect you from human predators. It will not protect you from human predators. You don't hear Newsom talking about it. You don't hear Cuomo talking about it. You hear Joe Biden go on with bureaucratic, more government, uh, more programs. He has no serious intention of putting the brakes on this. You have a Department of Injustice, headed by a radical, former federal judge, thank God he's not on the Supreme Court, who has started nationalizing local police forces because of systemic racism. You know what's interesting? The Democrat Party practices systemic racism. Where's most of this murder, mayhem, rape, carjacking, brutality occurring? In black neighborhoods. Black-on-black crime. And the Democrat Party has sided with the criminals. It has sided with the criminals. Their judges have sided with the criminals. Their prosecutors have sided with the criminals. Their city councils have sided with the criminals. Their mayors have sided with the criminals. Their Department of Justice has sided with the criminals. Their elected officials in Washington have sided with the criminals. There's your systemic racism. The problem in this country isn't a white-dominant society, as they tell you in CRT. It's a Democrat Party-dominant society. That's the problem. That's the problem. Wouldn't it be great if you can get a shot in an arm with a vaccine invented by a pharmaceutical company or wear a mask and be protected from these marauders? But it doesn't work that way, does it? No, it doesn't. So they'll tell you, you damn well better wear a mask, you better get vaccinated, this, that, and the other. But they don't tell you about anything effective that they're going to do to protect the citizenry from the marauders, the criminals, the recidivists. The recidivism rate in this country is unbelievable, which tells you the system is crumbled. It doesn't work. Congratulations. To the American Marxists. Congratulations to their party, the Democrat Party. You succeeded. People are being slaughtered and maimed and raped. Properties are being destroyed. Congratulations. We have nirvana. But don't forget to wear a mask. They applauded Black Lives Matter. Where is Black Lives Matter today? Does anybody know? Where's Black Lives Matter today? Are they in the black neighborhoods protecting black people? No, they're not in black neighborhoods protecting black people. You couldn't get a day go by without hearing LeBron James. Where's LeBron James today? I'm just curious. Where's Al Sharpton today? Nowhere. How come Al Sharpton's not talking about the rage and murder and crime in black communities? How come LeBron James isn't talking about it? I'm just curious. Sorry, I'm curious. They're nowhere. We used to hear them all the time. I don't hear them at all. And we look. We look. Maybe they're doing it secretly, whispering. I don't know. But the pandemic that is Joe Biden and his administration, the pandemic that is the Democrat Party and these mayors and city councils, 17 deaths, 1,000 to 20,000 murders every single year. Every year. That's like a war. That's like sending people off to war. And so many of them innocent. So many of them innocent. Now that's a pandemic. No variant. It's a pandemic. The mask won't fix it. The vaccination shot won't fix it. Policy can significantly fix it. But the Democrats, the quote Joe Biden, paraphrase him, are stupid. To quote Nancy Pelosi, paraphrase her, are morons. We know what works. We know what doesn't work. And yet this other pandemic, resulting from all kinds of complexities, including the failure of one-party rule in these cities, including the failure of the Biden administration and the Attorney General, including the failure of nationally elected Democrats, not to mention mayors and governors and city councilmen, that pandemic goes on without any hope in sight. Any hope in sight. Because they won't even try to fix it. They go through the motions. We're going to create this program, and we're going to outlaw guns, and we're going to have to gun deal No, no, no. The people who kill, they're going in the front door and out the back door. Well, if they didn't have guns, excuse me. Many people are murdered in this country without guns. But you have to hold people to account. I don't understand this. You have to hold people to account for what they've done, gun or no gun. People being brutalized in our seats because the one-man pandemic in our streets, in the Oval Office, he doesn't want to do what you got to do. These mayors don't want to do what you got to do. Suddenly, this idiot mayor in Washington, D.C., Bowser. Wasn't Bowser like one of the na-na-na guys? Anyway, Bowser. We're going to hire 100, 140 police officers over the course of the next several years. Nobody wants to work for her. You have to be out of your mind to work for her. In Atlanta, a woman was walking her dog in a very well-known and large park there. They found her stabbed. Homicide said it was horrific. Oh, and her dog? Stabbed. It was horrific. I don't believe she was wearing a mask, Mr. Medusa. I don't think she was. And if she had been, she still would have been slaughtered, chopped up, cut up. Borders wide open. We're getting lectures from people who won't shut the border. Everybody's saying, shut the border. Drugs are coming through, MS-13's coming through, coyotes, kidnappers. Horrific things are happening on the borders to women and little girls and everything like that. Joe Biden, it's, it's like, uh, what's today? Thursday? Okay, I have a hot dog for dinner. And that's it. Nothing. The inhumanity is unbelievable. Is unbelievable. Really quite shocking. And so the CDC and Fauci should be providing us with all the data that they have that says that vaccinated people should wear masks and that vaccinated people are spreaders. Now, I want to move on to our children. Our children have been used and abused by the teachers unions and the Democrats and all the medical fascists in Washington, D.C. It is disgusting what's been done to our children. They're not spreaders. If they get it, apparently it's not that big of a deal. You recall, and I mentioned this the other day, a few months ago, we found out, like pulling teeth, that the CDC was taking orders from the NEA and the AFT. About whether or not to open schools and whether teachers should be vaccinated. And what about the children? The children? They should wear masks? Age of two and over? Have you tried to keep a mask on a two-year-old, Mr. Medusa? They should wear masks when they go to elementary school and middle school and so forth. There is not a syllable of science to back that up anywhere. These experts have made it clear. Experts who are actually pediatricians and infectious disease experts from these Ivy League schools, they've made it clear. There's no data to support this, and we've been at this long enough. There's no data whatsoever, but they don't care. They don't care. They won't even carve out this little piece. Our children are being abused with critical race theory, with transgender movement, with a lack of equality of education. And now they have to do it all with a mask. With a mask. Did you ever see the day when our generation would be abusing children like this and really almost nothing is done about it? Almost nothing is done about it. There is no data that supports forcing children to wear masks in school none whatsoever data has come out that the constant inhaling of your own carbon dioxide as a child is unhealthy as one would expect i brought this up myself and i certainly am no scientist but it's just a matter of logic if they're telling you carbon dioxide is unhealthy that you that it's a that it's unhealthy that it's a pollutant even though it's not well then if you're inhaling your own carbon dioxide over and over and over and over again it certainly can't be healthy can it and yet that's what they want them to do. Suicide rates, way up among kids. Way up. But don't ask Dr. Fauci about it. He's the infectious disease guy. Well, who's in charge of suicides in this country? Who's the suicide guy? Why is it the suicide guy on TV? To represent children who are... Well, who are under threat because they may have psychological issues or may have psychological issues that develop over time as a result of this kind of behavior. Who's representing them? Who's the suicide guy? I'm just curious. We have an infectious disease guy. We got them all over the... Infectious disease, there's the proctologist, there's the foot guy, there's the this guy. Where's the suicide guy? Oh, there is none. Well, let's go back to Fauci. Who utterly ignores it? The CDC utterly ignores it. The FDA, without its commissioner, ignores it. And here's the other thing Health and Human Services, the umbrella organization, the Secretary of Health and Human Services is a slip and fall left wing kook lawyer. It's Health and Human Services, and they didn't even nominate a medical person. So the FDA commissioner slots open, no one's been nominated. The head of Health and Human Services that oversees all of these different medical organizations and scientific organizations. He's a slip and fall, radical, former congressman, lawyer. That's the Biden administration. I'll be right back. Levin. reason now than ever ladies and gentlemen i saved this for the end of the first hour to please go to amazon.com and acquire your copy of american marxism or any major retail outlet that normally has books and some that normally don't we need your help you see what's going on in this country From our schools and entertainment, as I write in American Marxism, to the media and government, we're witnessing the onslaught of repressive actions, including threats, censorship, character assassination, and the demand for more of it. Marx would approve. In fact, banning people, speech, words, broadcasts, social media access, redefining language, history, knowledge, and science, all of which are occurring or pursued in our current culture and environment, are the trademarks of totalitarianism so too is the routine and unchallenged abuse of power and undermining of republicanism and constitutionalism by President Biden, who legislates via executive orders, thereby bypassing Congress and the Constitution's checks and balances to institute fundamental change to American society without input from the people's representatives in Congress or the people themselves. With the efforts of the Democratic Party, congressional leaders, such as Pelosi and Schumer, to baldly threaten the independence of the judiciary in order to influence the outcome of legal decisions and to further their ideological and political agenda, and the collusive actions by the Democratic leadership in both elected branches of the federal government to radically alter the electoral process throughout the country. Yet it's the opponents of this tyranny who are labeled, often successfully, as the offenders of civil liberties and human rights, obstructors of progress and foes of the people by the actual offenders for the latter have already devoured most of our instrumentalities of the state and culture and dominate the narrative in his book Double Talk the Language of Communism Harry Hodgkins wrote language was to Marx the direct reality of thought ideas do not exist divorced from them and for Joseph Stalin the reality of thought manifests itself in language words are tools as we discussed the other day as we discussed the other day we have allowed the american marxists to define who we are as a people they defame us slander our ancestors and history trash our founding documents and principles they're mostly reprobates who hate the country in which they live and have contributed nothing to its betterment They live off the sweat and toil of others while they pursue a destructive and diabolical course for our nation, undermining and sabotaging virtually every institution in our society. Their ideology and worldview are based on the arguments and beliefs of a man, Marx, whose writings are responsible for the enslavement, impoverishment, torture, and death of untold millions. And that's a fact. This is an particularly pernicious, complex, and daunting type of challenge that we have. Because these American Marxist movements have been tailored. Tailored for the American culture. Always done in the name of the people. You want to be patriotic? Always surrender your free will. Surrender your income. Surrender your private property. You, the people who make this country work ladies and gentlemen. It's you who need to be abused. It's you, not the illegal alien who comes in with some disease. No, it's you. It's you who don't pay enough in taxes. It's you who lie about critical race theory. It's you. You white supremacists, even if you're not white, if you embrace this society, you might as well be white, according to them. Individualism is out the door. Group thing. That's the new fad. Push back, ladies and gentlemen. Push back, please. Civilly. Peacefully. And get started. The movement is growing. The movement is growing. I'm here to tell you the movement is growing. Acquire your copy of American Marxism. Please read it. I'll be right back. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Well, we talked about this briefly as the news was breaking last evening about the Republicans who threw in with the Democrats on this phony infrastructure bill. The bill has still not been written. It's larded up with pork. Uh, the accounting is from the accounting firm of Ponzi. And then you have these 18 republics who are all for it, including the Republican leader, Mitch McConnell. This guy really needs to go. He's been around so long. He can't talk. He can't communicate. He's just a good infighter. He's like the, he's the Fauci of the U.S. Senate. May I say that? I think I will. And as the great website Breitbart puts it, Sean Moran um, Meet the 18 Republicans who sold out on Radical Democrat Infrastructure Plan without even reading it. $1.2 trillion. Here's who they are Roy Blunt, who's retiring in Missouri. And by the way, three of the Republicans are retiring and seven of them were just reelected. So they figure you'll forget and they're untouchable. Roy Blunt, Republic, Missouri. Richard Burr, Republic, North Carolina. Shelley Moore Capito, she's awful. West Virginia. Bill Cassidy, a disaster. From Louisiana. Mike Crapo, it's Crapo, but I like Crapo. Lindsey Graham, Mr. TV. Mitch McConnell, disaster. Lisa Murkowski, well, she's a perfect target, Alaska. We've been disappointed before. Rob Portman, retiring. He was apparently the, uh, the head of the Brain Trust. Jim Reich of Idaho. Idaho can do a lot better than him. Mitt Romney of Utah. Anybody can do a lot better than him. Tom Tillis, North Carolina. What a mess. Todd Young, Indiana. Absolute useless senator. Chuck Grassley. Too bad, Chuck. You went along on this one, huh? You don't mind bankrupting your children and your grandchildren, I guess. John Hooven of North Dakota, lightweight. Kevin Kramer, North Dakota, lightweight. Susan Collins, Maine, disaster. Mike Rounds of South Dakota has indicated he will he will vote yes too. And uh, there's no bill yet. The Senate Republicans. Breitbart writes, voted to advance the bill, even though lawmakers have not yet drafted a physical bill. Jerry Moran, Republican Kansas, who's up for re-election in Kansas, voted against the legislation. Senate Republicans blocked the legislation last week because lawmakers didn't have a draft or an agreement on the legislation. Schumer announced Wednesday morning the chamber could vote on the bill after the bipartisan group made significant progress. Question, ladies and gentlemen, have you read the bill? No, there is no bill. Well, how do we, the people, provide specific, tangible input other than every now and then somebody will leak out what's in this uh, proposal, what they're trying to put together? Is that the way representative government's supposed to work, America? No, it's not. Rick Scott, Mike Lee, Ron Johnson, Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, Marsha Blackburn and Mike Braun said they could not vote to advance the bill, believing they could not add more debt to the nation's $30 trillion in deficits just in the last couple of years. They said, Congress can't keep spending trillions of dollars we don't have. The infrastructure package today continues the trend in Congress of insane deficit spending. Let's not forget. This is just the first step in the Democrats' plan to pass their 5.5 trillion tax and spend liberal wish list, and I'm glad they call it 5.5 trillion. Remember yesterday we discussed it. They claim it's 3.5, but experts say no, it's not. It's 5.5. Our nation is facing, they say, a nearly 30 trillion dollar debt crisis. There are real infrastructure needs across the country, but with growing inflation and many families struggling to financially recover. From the events of last year, it's not wise to throw fuel in the fire. That is the raging inflation crisis and labor shortage we're seeing across America. Needless to say, we will not support this legislation. It's a boondoggle for big labor. It's a boondoggle for everybody but you, the American people. Although the bill contains provisions that would revitalize America's roads and bridges, you know, they always put a little bit of that stuff in. Contains line items that serve as a leftist victories. Now this is at least part of the draft. $73 billion for clean energy transmission. $21 billion to invest in environmental remediation. To address racial alleged disparities in environmental pollution. Because we all know that pollution is racist. That's right. It's only found in poor neighborhoods. And neighborhoods of color. Fifty billion in Western water infrastructure revitalization. So here you can see how this crowd of hacks and backbenchers, how they were dividing up the money. All right, we'll give some money to the West, we'll give some money to the East, we'll give some money to this group and that group. Fifty billion Western water infrastructure, the Biden administration said people of color are more likely to live in areas most vulnerable to flooding and other climate change related weather events. I have no idea what these putzers are talking about. Neither do they. Two and a half billion to develop zero emission buses. Two and a half billion for low emission buses. Two and a half billion for ferries. Seven and a half billion to help develop plug-in electric vehicles. Sixty-six billion for Amtrak. Sixty-six billion for Amtrak? which hasn't been profitable a day in its existence. Biden's White House claimed that the bill would help tackle the climate crisis. Sure. Everything tackles the climate crisis or racism. That's the game, don't you get it? And growing the economy sustainably and equitably for decades to come. Massive deficit spending will solve Racism will solve climate change? You see, folks. The nine-set of Republicans that served on this so-called bipartisan infrastructure working group include Richard Burr. How did he stay out of prison? I'm just curious. Not that he did anything wrong, of course. Bill Cassidy, who's a disaster. Louisiana, Susan Collins, oh wow, she's great. Lindsey Graham, Murkowski, Portman, Romney, Rounds, Tillis. Is that the heart of the Republican Party, ladies and gentlemen? Is that the heart of the base of the conservative movement? I don't think so. These are all the outliers, pretty much. Senator Johnson told Breitbart in an exclusive interview that Senate Republicans that cooperated with Democrats on infrastructure would only be complicit in enabling the Democrats' leftist agenda. Tim Scott said... He had to vote no in advancing the bill because lawmakers had yet to have a draft of the legislation. More of them will vote for it. You watch it. You watch this. Uh, Cornyn and others, uh, maybe he won't. Maybe he'll surprise us. Mayor McGinnis, the president of the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, said in a statement that they're deeply concerned the legislation is not fully paid for. It contains many budget gimmicks to make it appear less expensive. This is the uh, republics in Washington. They have no idea what's swirling around them, this American Marxism. They have no idea. They don't care. They should be fighting like hell, tie the monies, any monies, to preventing the NEA and AFT from, from destroying our school systems, insisting on securing our borders. There's nothing in here about it. It's all, all the uh, cherry pick things are in here that the Democrats want. Oh, yes. Spend and spend, and we will fix Environmental racism. Environmental racism? What the hell is that? It's in the book. You'll see. This is intersectionality. Whoa! What a word. I had my publisher send a copy of this book, Mr. Producer, to every Republican senator. Does it sound like they read it? Does it sound like they even read the title? Not these 18, that's for sure. Oh, what's this? Uh, this uh, American Marxism. What What? what, what a kook. Okay, what are we voting on today? Another trillion here, another trillion there. Oh, yeah, bicycle pay. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is the fools that we're dealing with. That's why I say this has to be bottom-up. You can't rely on these people. There's no political savior. You cannot rely on these people. And that's the whole point of American Marxism. That was the point. Thomas Paine's American Crisis he didn't write the American Crisis to appeal to politicians or quote unquote an establishment he wrote the American Crisis to appeal to the people as I wrote American Marxism to appeal to the people and let me just say this we've had fantastic interviews with local hosts every one of them has been great and I want to thank them Got into it just slightly with a couple of them. And those I got into it a little bit with, who were really great, by the way. I don't mean rudely or anything of the sort. They were going back to the usual arguments. Well, you know, we can vote and we can do... We know all that. But it's not working. Yes, we're going to vote. We're going to vote in massive numbers. It's just that the Democrats are so bad that we we can't let them have majorities. I mean... We would vote for orange juice cans over them. But that's not how we fix what's going on in the culture and the body politic. That requires more than the usual, you know, regurgitated arguments. Well, if we vote, it's okay. Yes, got it. But that doesn't fix it. Our problems with the NEA and the AFT. That doesn't fix our problems with our colleges and universities. That doesn't fix our problems. What's going on in the border when the Republicans, when they're in power, they throw them with the Democrats. No, no, no. There are other things that have to be done. The great awakening of the American people. The great galvanizing of the American people. There's so many things we can do. I couldn't even fit them all in the book. But it's up to us to save our country and the next generation. Not up to these politicians. Trust me on that. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. So uh, the Biden administration, they are, of course, enlisting businesses. So if you don't comply with what they demand, uh, you can go hungry. You won't be able to do anything. You won't be able to buy anything. Really quite incredible. All right, let's take some calls here. John Sadusky, or Sandusky, sorry, Ohio, XM Satellite. John, how are you, sir?
4: Hey, Mark, I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for taking my call. You bet. I, uh, I've i been fortunate to get your book. I was an early quarter and um, on the heels of of reading another book by uh, Bershowitz, uh-huh. uh, Horowitz, rather. And reading yours, I'll tell you, here's what bothers me. I'm a, I'm a senior pastor, Mark. I have been for almost 38 years. And as I read this stuff and I see what's going on, I just am astounded that there aren't more pastors, freedom lovers, truth lovers, that are not standing up and saying, do you guys not see what's happening here? Um, I you know, I don't know whether to be angry or to cry, to be honest with you. Um, it's very disturbing. I'm not saying that we got to grab our pitchforks and guns. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying we're the voices who predominantly have been looked at to proclaim the truth. Why are they not proclaiming the truth? And I, I'm not expecting you to have the answer, but I'm just saying it's very disturbing to me.
1: Well, can, can I say one thing, Pastor? Marxism. I've been wondering this myself. Why isn't this embraced by more and more pastors and more and more churches explaining what's going on in this country? This is a war on family, a war on faith. This is incredibly pernicious. We need as many people as we can to push back, particularly our churches and other people of faith. And uh, maybe that's happening here and there, but I'm not getting a sense yet. I'm getting a sense that a movement is building. I know this is a matter of fact, but I'm not getting a sense that the pastors have actually jumped in on this yet. Maybe I'm totally wrong. I could be totally wrong. In my
4: area, I don't don't know many that are standing up. And again, I'm not talking about radical. I'm just talking about, wait a minute, guys. Do you not see the cloud coming? And Mm -hmm. in my study of history and the things that you've written, I mean, it's predominantly been pastors or priests who have stood up in these totalitarian regimes and have been willing to be martyrs. They're the ones who stood up and said, no, we can't do this. This is not right. It's not true.
1: And look who you know. led the civil rights movement. Pastors from the South. Not, not okay. the federal government, not the Democrat Party, none of that. Pastors, people of faith. You're exactly right.
4: Well, because, Robert you know, brought that out very well as he introduced, you know, interviewed those people in those other countries, as who stood up. And um, they were they were fearless. Some of them paid a terrible price. But um, I'm willing to pay a price. I just would rather not do it alone.
1: And I don't think there's, you know, a life and death price to play. There is a cancel culture price to play. But one of the things I try and stress in this book is, screw them. Excuse me, Pastor, you get my point. They don't get to define us. They don't get to create the narrative. We have nothing in common with them. We're trying to reach out to people who are not part of the fanatic radical left right now. We're trying to reach out to all those people who are on the sidelines or our own people who are very upset about what's going on but need to be the Paul Revere's. They need to be, well, deputy pastors, if you will, out there with the message, taking this on in all public forum and we need to network one to the other. This is actually something that is very American. Very American. That's why I wrote it. I was thinking of Thomas Paine. Again, not that I'm Thomas Paine. But the written word, you're a pastor, the Bible. The written word lasts. It lasts more than a radio show. It lasts more than a TV show. Forty seconds, Pastor. The floor is yours. Thanks.
4: The other thing that, that just really disturbs me is that it seems like these, these Marxists are saying the only way to true freedom and peace in America is to go back to bondage uh-huh. and lose all our rights, and they've got the whole thing completely fucked upside down. They call freedom bondage and bondage freedom, and as for me in my house, I'm going to declare true freedom.
1: Amen, and thank you, Pastor. That's right, and this is a war on the Judeo-Christian belief system. No question. I'll be right back.
0: Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now,
5: 877-381-3811.
1: If you want a signed copy of American Marxism, maybe for the holidays, you got to think ahead on that or a birthday, or just because you want one, as you know, I'm not doing a bunch of book signings because these book places won't allow it. It's not me. We tried in some of the traditional places I go, and they're not permitting it, except the Reagan Library. The Reagan Library has a couple dozen slots left to get in line so I can meet you to sign. And Mr. Producer, will you find their link, please, so I can announce it on the air for people who live in that area and still want to show up? The rest of the program is sold out, but that piece of it now is almost sold out. And the only other place is Premier Collectibles. And they told me today they are down to a few hundred copies. A few hundred copies. You want to jump in, I'm just telling you this is a massive audience. It's premiercollectibles.com slash Marxism, premiercollectibles.com slash Marxism. If you want to jump in, you've got to jump in now. ReaganFoundation.org slash Levin, ReaganFoundation.org slash Levin. If you're in the area, if you're in California, you want to come by, I'd love to say hello. I'll sign your book for you. There's only a few slots left in line. Reagan Foundation, what is it? ReaganFoundation.org slash Levin, ReaganFoundation.org slash Levin. Once those slots are gone, once the premier collectible books are gone, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do. Let's continue people from coast to coast all over the country. Jerry, Los Angeles, California, 870, the answer, the great K-R-L-A. Jerry, how are you? Go right ahead, please.
5: I'm doing absolutely fantastic, Uh, Mark, uh, listening to you out here in Los Angeles. Thank you so much for taking my call. You bet. I have uh, uh, been musing over a couple points here, but in trying to stay with uh, uh, what I think is going to be the theme of your book and wanting to get it just as soon as I can. It occurs to me that I don't know a lot about the legal system out there, uh, except for what I see on television. But when I see things on TV, what I see are uh, deals being made in the back room between lawyers and DAs like maximum sentence, medium sentence, minimum sentence. And I'm just wondering, is it possible to try to find a way to rally DAs that are pro-conservative and uh, institute a network type of agreement uh, of all of them, that they will not go for a minimum sentence uh, to start out with on people that are uh, up for crimes now there 's a know, lot of reasons why
1: and- why they 're not going to do this number one they don 't have enough personnel, and so they try and plead what well, the way it used to work is they try and plead the minor cases you know like jaywalking or tickets or stuff like that uh, in order to focus on the on the heavier and tougher cases. If they were to try every case um, then you would have ninety nine percent of the cases would never get into court, and that 's a fact. Uh, because of the level of crime that goes on, and the level of of crime that is that is created, that has nothing to do with property or the, or, or personal injury and so forth, they have to handle all of it. That's number one. Number two, they're not going to agree with another DA because every community is different. Most of these DAs are elected, and so you won't find a network of DAs like the, the a DA in uh, in uh, Cape Girardeau, Missouri, agreeing with a DA in. Uh, just pick another another town in Frederick, Maryland, uh, because they really have nothing in common, and they have to answer to their own localities. This is not complicated. It's not about a network of agreements and so forth and so on. It's about enforcing the law. It's about getting judges who are going to comply with the law. It's about putting bad people in prison. We did it 30 years ago, 40 years ago, under Reagan, and the crime levels went down. But we had a cabal of radical libertarians, um, uh, these phony civil rights groups, activist groups, and so forth and so on, that all got together and said we ought to decriminalize, legalize, on and on and on. And so this is this is more to do with the nature of what's happened to our culture than it is with DAs making agreements among themselves. And then we have a billionaire like Soros, who is actively involved in getting people elected into these prosecutor positions, who refuse to prosecute. And when you pass... Ordinances that say, uh, we're not charging anybody who steals anything less than $950. You see what's happened in San Francisco and L.A. and other towns. People say, all right, I'll steal to my limit. So the criminal justice system has collapsed. And so what needs to be done, and I don't have these snappy finger answers, boom, 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 when it comes to the criminal justice system, is like all the rest of the culture that's collapsed. We have to get involved. We're not really involved. You know, next time there's a DA election, get involved in that election. Or uh, or next time there is uh, involvement in uh, who the sheriff's going to be, those who elect sheriffs and so forth, get involved in that activity. We leave it to other people way, way too often. But Jerry, I want to thank you for your call. Don't hang up. I'm going to send you a signed copy of American Marxism. Let's keep going. We have Anna Maria. In Charleston, Rhode Island. XM satellite. How are you, ma'am? Hello. I'm so
6: excited to talk to you. I can't even tell you.
1: Oh, thank I've you. I've been listening
6: a long time. I'm so excited to talk to you. Thank you. I um I've I ordered your book. It's coming. It's coming in like 2 days. I've read every one of your books. I love you. Thank you. Um I actually got the reading list from my daughter's um Catholic high school. Mm-hmm. She's a sophomore in all honors classes. Her English class—I just got the reading list. It is nothing but CRT. I mean, mm-hmm. there are five books listed. They are all about divisive progressive progressivism and racism. I, I mean, I could give you the titles.
1: This is a uh, parochial school.
6: Hate our money. Yes, yes. This is a private. Catholic high school Anna and Anna
1: Marie, can I tell you some this is happening throughout the entire private school system, whether they 're religious or not it 's happening. people think they'll escape the public schools, go to private schools it 's a very, very small percentage of private and even parochial schools that are teaching traditional you know coursework and so forth. They are being imposed upon too They have these national organizations they belong to have been they have been radicalized. I people I know calling me saying, oh, my God, you don't know what's going on in my private school. It's unbelievable. Go right ahead.
6: My mind is blown. My mind is blown. We had to. me and probably 20 other parents. We asked for a meeting. He said, nope, I'll take you one by one. I don't want to be ambushed. Okay. so we went one by one because he said uh, the vaccinated children turn in their cards and they don't have to wear masks in the fall. The unvaccinated children they were going to discriminate against. So we fought that. Well, we just won. They're not going to discriminate against our children because I threatened with a $1,000 an hour an attorney and said, like, I'm going to pay for this. My kid's not coming to school. How many kids go case. to this school? Um, it's probably 400.
1: And do they have a library? 400. They have a library? Yes. Well, I'm going to give you a signed copy of my book, and you tell them to put it in the library so those kids can read the other side. See what they so say.
6: Uh, thank you so much. That is amazing, and I will. Um, my, my question to you was, with this list, I mean, before I pull her, and I'm seriously considering pulling her, and I work, I, I'll tell you, my husband and I own two businesses. We, I design houses. He builds them. And I work 96 wow. hours a week. Are you already, on HGTV? So, to homeschool. <laughs> um, I'm actually doing a pilot for T V.
1: Wow, that would be <laughs> so cool. So
6: hopefully, I'm not there yet, but I am yeah. doing a pilot. Yeah. All
1: right, very it's, cool.
6: I will tell you that um, with the hours I work, homeschooling is not a, a, a viable option mm-hmm. necessarily, but if I got to do it, I got to do it because I need her to. And because of you, I supplemented her education in middle school with Hillsdale online, actually, Wonderful. and she's done all those courses. Like We are very strict with our daughter. But I want to give them a list of books, and I want to tell them she's not reading this crap. She's not participating in these conversations. And here are the books. If you want to talk about civil rights, here are the books that I will allow her to read because she's not reading one of these five. It's not happening.
1: You can go on the Internet and find a lot of great uh, lists of great books. Um, and uh, really, there's a lot of great... Uh, Catholic theologians over the course of mankind and philosophers and so forth. Thomas Aquinas. Why don't they start with him? Uh, and there are many others. Um, Alright, keep us surprised, and I'm going to send you a signed copy of American Marxism, and let's see if they let you put that in the library and suggest that people read that. Take care of yourself. Very very good call. I appreciate it. We'll be right back.
7: Mark Levin.
1: Uh, What is that clown's name on CNN? Well, sorry, there's a lot of clowns. Anna Navarro, is that her name? So I was watching a clip online where D. Lemon was actually making sense for the first time in at least 12 years. And they were talking about this guy that got into Tucker Carlson's face in Maine at a, a fish and rod store, whatever they call it. The guy was obnoxious. Now, I have to say, Tucker Carlson has a lot more self-restraint than I do, Mr. Producer. I don't think it would have been pleasant. I'm just saying, I don't think it would have been. That said, Anna Navarro said, uh, it's okay. You're a public figure. You have to expect you have people who love you, people who hate you, and they have a free speech right. I don't know what that had to do with anything, since he's not government. It has nothing to do with the First Amendment, but she's an idiot in multiple languages. She's an idiot. So according to Anna Navarro, it's okay. So I just wanted you to know that. Now D Lemon said no, I don't think it is. And the uh the Republican stiff he had from the George H or George W Bush administration, uh he didn't think it was uh, a good idea either, but Anna Navarro thought it was a good idea. So I thought to myself, are you a buffoon? You're just inviting people to be rude to you. Well, that's her. That's her uh, tactic. No big deal, she said. What happened, to Tucker Carlson? What do you think of that, Mister Producer? Isn't that kind of stupid? Oh well. J D Henderson, Nevada. The great K Don K D W N. We have a wonderful affiliate in K Don there. Go right ahead, J D. Good.
0: Thank you, Mark. I've been with you from San Diego with Men in Black and Sean Hannity. Wow,
1: that's
0: way uh, back. Uh, to the to the New Orleans with Sean Hannity and mm-hmm. Colonel North. Uh, oh, I've yeah. had the privilege of meeting you on two occasions. I've had the privilege of talking to you on two occasions. I think that you, Sean and the great departed Rush are three of the greatest Americans in the last 20 years, in your case, and Sean, 33 or so, and, and, and Rush. Uh, without you, we wouldn't get the backstory. We wouldn't get all the omissions that the media uh, has been not reporting on. And I just wanted to tell you, uh, in your books, I've had them all, one of the best was Spritey, where you relate oh, the yeah. story, how mm-hmm. Rush helped you through that mm-hmm. and I think it was part of the, one of the best parts of any of your books that you had written. Mm-hmm. and I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, you know if I may have a little time because what is going on in this country right now? I grew up in northeastern Pennsylvania, Wiloksburyscranton, hard-working mm-hmm. coal miners and construction people. And you know what I grew up with common sense. I'm not a college-educated guy. I I got a high school education in 1962. I graduated. I think I got one of the better educations Mm -hmm. in the country. I think it was the equivalent, uh, they said, years later, to uh, uh, a college degree uh, somewhere in the 80s. And uh, we had teachers that taught us the right things. We had social studies teachers that taught us about current events and and, and history, and the American history. We don't have any of that now. And, And if I just can relate... A quick comment on yesterday when you were talking about Biden saying the UAW elected him in 1972. He was elected by the Teamsters Union Local 326. Frank the Irishman Sheerhand was the president of, of that union in the book by I Hear You Paint Houses by Charles Brandt, written in 2004. You know how he got elected? The Teamsters blocked off the two papers in, in Delaware, the Evening Journal and the Wilmington-Delaware Journal, and they blocked the newspapers for the last week that the governor, the sitting governor, Boggs, had big ads refuting Biden's history and his unqualification, and they never got delivered because Teamsters Union 326 blocked them. He don't even remember which union helped them win the election.
1: No, but uh, that's a scary little piece of history, given what took place in the last election, JD, you sound terrific to me. God bless you, my friend. Don't hang up. We're going to send you a signed copy of American Marxism. And we'll be right back.
0: He's here. He's here.
1: All the institutions of tradition, of custom, of liberty, of republicanism, small r, really need to join together now. Regardless of faith, regardless of various disputations, we need to join together now. If you're watching the news today, you're hearing a lot, and if you heard this program earlier, about vaccines and masks and open borders and people coming into the country with illnesses that are treated better than a United States citizen. You understand there's two types of law, depending on what your political or ideological affiliation is. And by the way, you even see how churches and synagogues are being targeted to shut them down. You know, when there's, when there's a pandemic or when there's a threat or things are going on, that's when you need your church or synagogue more than, you know, more, than, more than ever before. You're looking for answers. You're looking for community. The leadership of your pastor, your rabbi, whomever. Your priest. And so a lot of things have happened in the last few years. And they're happening now. The norms are changing. The abnormal is becoming normal. And no stone is unturned. Even kids in elementary schools. Even kids in elementary schools. Especially our educational system. Because the American Marxist has figured out that that's where the power is. That's where the power is, indoctrination, brainwashing, dividing families, separating children from what you've taught them at the dinner table, in bed at night, so forth. Instilling in people hate for themselves, instilling in people hate for other people, based on a physical feature. taking the greatest country on the face of the earth and the greatest founding document on the face of the earth, the Declaration of Independence, and effectively burning them and substituting our history. And we're paying for all this. That's the genius of the American Marxist. We're paying for all this. Now, What's being taught in many respects to your children, your grandchildren? There are a lot of different theories coming from a lot of different directions that are being, uh, your children are being inundated with. But I touched on this some months ago. Social movement theory. Now, what is social movement theory? Well, this is crucially important to understand. It's widely taught in our colleges and universities. Collective identity. Collective beliefs. Collective consciousness. It's clearly brainwashing. So your kids do not believe in individualism. On top of that, in connection with that, they're being taught what's called oppositional protest. Now, oppositional protest can take many forms. It can take the form of being at a Thanksgiving dinner and taking on your family. Or it can be, obviously, more street-oriented. They're being taught, and I got this out of their books from certain professors, combat readiness. Combat readiness in terms of, quote-unquote, knowledge and... In terms of being physically ready to confront the, uh, the victimizers and the oppressors. They're being taught activism. Don't just stay in the classroom. Get out there. They're actually getting credit for getting out there and protesting. They need to get used to it, you see. They need to, they need to get a taste of what it's like to be a revolutionary. And in some classes, they're also being taught activism to include violence. Violence. We're paying for all this. We're paying for all this. So this is the Americanized adoption of Marxism. And the goal is to free your children, and to free our fellow citizens, from their past, from their history. To unmoor them from our founding, from our framers, from our constitution. To unmoor them from customs and traditions and faith. To look upon family as a quaint thing of the past. An archaic institution. To attack existing mores. And of course I explain all this in American Marxism and I tell you where I get it from. I get it from them. And so in identifying as a group, what American Marxism has done is they've splintered these various movements into scores of groups. So it's almost impossible to pin them down. And in addition, it's almost impossible to confront them all. Because there's so many of them. This is the quote-unquote genius, actually the madness of these movements. And the whole point is to overthrow that which exists and that which was. To lay the path for Marxism in an Americanized form. And um, all things must be viewed through this paradigm all things must be viewed through this paradigm and they have a common target the existing society you've got to keep punching holes through the existing society you have to ignore any progress that's been made a diverse yet unified nation must be torn asunder in a thousand different ways Is that not what's happening ladies and gentlemen? Your opponents must be dehumanized. They must be targeted. They must be character assassinated. Their careers must be destroyed. Sound familiar? Free speech. What's free speech? A concoction of the colonists? Well, the Marxist doesn't believe that they have to comply with what the colonists came up with, what occurred in Philadelphia at the Constitutional Convention and thereafter with the Bill of Rights. They're not bound by that. They reject all of it. You can't have separation of powers and free speech and all the rest of these things if you're going to have a Marxist nirvana. You can't have individuals popping off on their own or challenging the righteousness of the cause. They have to get with the program, baby. they got to be propagandized and propagandizing. There needs to be conformity. That's what John Dewey told us when he went to Moscow in 1928 and observed what Stalin was doing. He was very impressed with it. Again, all of this is in American Marxism. And he had a tremendous influence on public education, and he destroyed it. And today has a tremendous influence on our media today, and they've destroyed the press. You see, because in the end, American Marxism is about attacking knowledge and science and reasoning and thinking while pretending to represent all those things. They cannot, cannot tolerate it. And you can see how this poison has spread throughout our system. Led by our media. Led by our media. And so, it is important to understand all these things so we can unravel all these things. And it's important to know how to unravel these things so we can defeat them piece by piece over a period of time. But we need to start today. We need to start today. You're not alone. There's millions of us. There's now 600,000 of us who've acquired American Marxism. That's an enormous number. And our ranks are growing. More and more people are jumping in. More and more people want to understand exactly what's taking place. More and more people want to take their country back, want to protect their families, want to protect the customs and traditions of this nation that many of their forefathers fought for. That's you. And there's not another book in the country, and there hasn't been another book like this, that is written for you. It's not written for the media. It's not written for the Republican Party. It's not written for those who are prepared to surrender. It's written for you. And to spread the word. We are a powerful force. We have the numbers. We have the numbers. We don't have to work through their institutions. They may have been our institutions at one point. They've devoured them. We don't have to work through the major media. We don't have to work through big tech. We don't have to work through anybody. The printed word is more powerful than all the rest of this put together. The colonists understood this. And then the spoken word, and I don't mean TV and radio, the spoken word, you to a neighbor, when you're walking your dog, when you're at the grocery store, whatever. You can do on your street, in your neighborhood, in your community, what I do right here behind the microphone to a smaller number of people. But you can be an influencer. You can be far better than I am. I'll be right back. Much Just to give you an example, this is from, uh, what is this from, Daily Caller. President Joe Biden's proposed defense budget for fiscal year 2022 calls for an increase in Department of Defense civilian workforce while reducing the number of active duty personnel. And as I read this to you, the Communist Chinese are now meeting with the uh, Taliban. They're meeting with the Taliban. The amount of damage Joe Biden has done to this country, whether it's foreign policy or domestic policy, is unimaginable. And the extent of it will never be fully understood until he's long gone. Understood. It's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. In spite of global threats such as China and Russia, the President's proposed budget would shrink every military branch except the nascent Space Force. The budget proposes reducing the number of active-duty personnel by nearly 7,000 service members, but increasing the Pentagon's civilian population by about 9,000 employees. A Congressional Research Service report published in June noted the DOD employed more than 1 million civilians contractors, uniformed personnel in administrative positions compared to 1.3 million service members on active duty. Isn't that ridiculous? Some argue that increasing the civilian workforce compared to active military personnel would provide cost savings and strengthen the military's overall capabilities. Why? Do these civilian personnel go and fight wars? I don't think so. Is this not amazing? Trillions and trillions and trillions for God knows what. And here they are. These deaf, dumb, and blind repubics in the Senate. Oh, look, we have a bipartisan bill. Do you protect the Defense Department? No. Do you protect the taxpayer? No. Folks, we did a piece a couple of months ago. $400 billion waste, fraud, and abuse. Remember that? And the increase in unemployment compensation, $400 billion was stolen by foreign mobsters, by domestic fraudsters, and it went on and on. $400 billion. Nobody blinks. No blink. The next trillion, the next two trillion, the next five trillion. Here we go. $400 billion. We hardworking Americans pay enormous amounts in taxes, and then we're told we need to pay more. This is so corrupt, what's going on in this country. So corrupt. Of course, the people who don't pay taxes don't give a damn. The people who are on a dole don't give a damn. Of course not. Why should they? Doesn't matter to them. Matters to me. Really quite shocking. You want to hear a nice story? they been meaning to get to this one. You know what judoka, you know what judoka is? These are judo experts. And this was from a couple days ago. I meant to get to it, but I didn't have time. I didn't see this in too many American newspapers. This was in the Times of Israel. Winning judo silver in Tokyo, Iranian defector Malay dedicates medal to Israel. Saeed Malai, if I mispronounce it, sorry. Saeed Malai, a former Iranian judoko, now representing Mongolia, because he escaped Iran, took home the silver medal in the men's 81-kilogram division, losing the gold to Tokunori Nagasi of Japan. It was the first Olympic medal for Malai, two years after he left his native Iran, revealing that his national team coaches had ordered him ordered him to lose in the semifinals of the 2019 World Championship in Tokyo to avoid facing Israel's Sagi Mukai in the final. Malay, the Iranian, subsequently moved to Germany and then acquired Mongolian citizenship. Malay told the Israeli Sports Channel that he was thankful for the support he's received from Israel over the years. He said thank you to Israel for the good energy. This medal is dedicated also to Israel, he told the network. I hope the Israelis are happy with this win. And he added in Hebrew, "Toda," That means thank you. Now Mukai congratulated his friend, Mukai is the Israeli, on his achievement, despite his own disappointing finish. I'm super happy for a Saeed, Mukai told at a press conference of Israeli reporters. I know what he's gone through, how much he wanted it. He's a very close friend of mine, and I'm so happy that he's succeeding in achieving his dream. He deserves it. His journey is incredibly inspiring. Malai, the Iranian, and Mukai, the Israeli, became friends following the highly publicized incident at the 2019 World Championships. And have cheered for each other over the past few years. In February, Malai competed at the Grand Slam International Judo Competition held in Tel Aviv. Also taking home the silver. And told CNN that Israel had been very good to me since I arrived, adding that the Israeli judo team members had been very kind. That is something I will never forget. Now that is a beautiful story. I'll be right back.
0: Making sure the land of the free and the home of the brave stays that way. Dial Mark Levin now at 877
1: 3811 Josh Mandel, who's running for the Republican nomination in uh, Ohio. He served in combat for his country. He is a proven conservative. He supported Donald Trump unequivocally, voted for him twice, campaigned for him. and will be a reliable conservative in the Reagan and Trump mode. That's Josh Mandel. Good man, isn't he, Mr. Producer? We endorsed him, I think, in 2013 during, the, uh, during part of the Tea Party process. He was involved in that as well. So he's got a long history of doing the right thing. Activism for the country, in the military, in the Tea Party movement, fighting the establishment in the Republican Party. He's not the flavor of the moment. He is, he is uh, completely and utterly reliable. Uh, that's why Mike Lee likes him so much and Ted Cruz and some of the others. Uh, very similar in that regard. He'd be a powerful, powerful voice in the Senate from the state of Ohio. Ohio. I really believe this quite strongly, which is why I endorsed him. Absolutely great guy. All right, let's continue. Let's go here. Let us go to Fred, Westchester, New York, the great WABC. Fred in New York, go right ahead, please.
8: Hi, it's an honor to speak with the most important Paul Revere of conservative values.
1: Whoa, thank you.
8: And uh, my my wife, myself, my extended family, we've read all of your books, and uh, we'll be reading your current book. Thank you. You can't wait, actually. Uh, I've been hearing you mention John Dewey. We're referencing him quite a bit in the last month or so. Mm -hmm. And it struck me, and I wanted to relate a story. Um, Most people think the indoctrination uh, of children goes back 10 or 20 years. I attended, uh, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, 1972, uh, I was in the graduating uh, middle school class, mm-hmm. and I now recall uh, right towards the end of the year, we were brought into a special assembly, and we were told uh, the speaker was going to uh, talk about the new John Dewey High School. None of us, of course, being 13 years old, had any idea who John Dewey was. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were told that if the, if we chose uh, that path versus the continuing in a regular high school, it was uh, pass-fail. Passing uh, was only, your only responsibility was to attend class. No one failed. There was no homework, no grades. And uh, I don't know anyone who attended, but now uh, with the knowledge that I have, I could just assume, and this goes back, 50 years and it was it 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 it's it sh- I'm shocked that I remember that it, it went back that mm-hmm. far.
1: Well, you know, he goes back even uh, even further and uh he was an iconic figure uh among so-called progressives. Of course, we know they're not progressives, but this is their nomenclature. He had a tremendous influence on uh, education. Uh he destroyed traditional education. You've had experiments now with government slash public education ever since. Um, and as I say, he was one of those who believed that he really can't teach individualism and that sort of thing. He rejected the Declaration. He rejected the constraints of the Constitution. And this, these are the founding fathers of the so-called progressive movement, and they've done a hell of a marketing job over the decades. Where if you dare to call them what they are, you know, there's something wrong with you, you're a reprobate, blah, 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 and so forth and so on. But we're on to these people now. And I do not define myself, and none of you should either, based on what they say about us or think about us. These are not smart people, they're stupid people. These are not people who believe in liberty and all the things that are great about this country. Again, they're stupid people. Almost none of them, some have, but almost none of them have contributed anything to the betterment of this society. They feed off of the hard work of other people, and they sit there and pontificate, or they, or they rearrange uh, our society, or they seek to, or they spend our money that they haven't earned, and on and on and on. A per- perfect example is uh, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is nothing but an old slug. That's what he is. He's always been a soapbox Marxist. That's all he is. He moves to Vermont, the least diverse state in the country. He gets elected because uh, they have these small villages, and then he gets elected to Burlington as a socialist. Oh, isn't that quaint? Then he gets elected to the United States Senate, where he's been a, uh, a Marxist mouthpiece ever since, Americanizing the Marxist agenda through the Democrat Party. He owns the Democrat Party now. He owns it. Now, I don't mean that it's, it's Bernie's party. The ideology, he's succeeded. And so... Uh, it's important that we recognize this, but we're never going to be able to push back properly. Look at the Republicans. They are so ill-equipped to confront what's going on in the Democrat Party and in this society, ill-equipped. So some of them throw in with the crowd. Mitt Romney supports Black Lives Matter, an openly Marxist organization that's anti-Semitic and is violent and wants the overthrow of the United States. These people don't have any... Mitch McConnell is so over his head, he doesn't know it. It's really repulsive. And they're going to go to a bipartisan deal. And it's the usual, the usual crop of Republicans that are not going to stand up for the country. that are not even going to stand up for the nation's finances and currency. Because they want to be seen as bipartisan, a bridge here, a tunnel there. Completely, completely lost sight of what's going on in this country. And don't much care. And don't much care. All right, my friend. Fred, don't hang up. I want to send you a signed copy of American Marxism while I still have them. Very, very much. I want to thank you. All right, let us continue. Let's go to James, Los Angeles, California, the great KRLA, 870 AM, our wonderful affiliate there. Go right ahead.
9: Hello, Mark. I, first off, let me say that uh, what a huge honor it is to speak to you, and um, I love American Marxism, so thank you so much.
1: Oh, you've already right. read it? Thank you.
9: Yes, I have. And it that kind of touches on what I called about today because last year I noticed my daughter was starting to learn certain things in middle school about how we stole Texas from Mexico and things uh-huh. of that sort. And I caught on to that, so I started calling the school board and looking at the curriculum and things like that, and I started noticing the word ethnic studies popping uh-huh.
7: up. hmm uh-huh.
9: And then once I looked into the ethnic studies, I noticed that California had mandated some sort of ethnic studies, which when you read through it, is pretty much critical race theory. Uh So after dealing with the school board, talking with them, they pushed it back until 25 and 26 uh, to implement it in the school. So my problem is my daughter will be out by then, so I... My thing is, do I continue the fight, you know?
1: Yes. Yes. As a matter of fact, I would encourage individuals who don't have children in the school system to join with the parents who do. Because there is power in numbers, and we outnumber them. We need to save this generation in order to save the country. We need to push back on brainwashing and indoctrination and fight for education. We need to do everything humanly possible, and I discussed this in Chapter 7, but it's important to discuss it on the radio, too. We need to do everything humanly possible. That means even though we may not have a specific direct link in something, they're all interrelated. We've allowed corporations in this country to get away with our support while they support these American Marxists. We've been defending these corporations. We've been fighting to support them when they when they rightly oppose these confiscatory taxes and regulations, how that cost is borne by us, how when companies go overseas, that affects us. But they've abandoned us. They have thrown in with the American Marxists. So we have no reason whatsoever to defend them any longer. In fact, we need to go on offense. And I discuss this in the book. And just to touch on one little tiny aspect, we had to BDS these corporations. And corporations that are like Goya, we ought to defend them, and we ought to buy their products. And even if you don't want their products, you buy it, and you give it to people who could use them. We have a lot of power. A lot of power in what we buy and what we don't buy. We have a lot of power in numbers. We have a lot of power if we go to shareholder meetings. Many of you have IRAs or 401Ks. Some of you are very lucky. You have defined pension plans. Well, what do you think they invest in? They invest in all kinds of stocks and bonds and so forth and so on. So if you own some shares, just a handful, just a couple, of a major international global corporation that does business with the communist Chinese who are slaughtering the Uyghurs and who side with Joe Biden by calling the the Republican Georgia legislature Jim Crow, and they throw in and you're watching TV and you have these, these outrageous commercials preaching to you, critical race theory. And more. Then you should organize a little band of individuals, or maybe not so little. Take a little vacation, take a little trip, find out where these corporations are when they're having their public shareholder meeting, and attend. And attend. And make yourself heard. You're an investor in that corporation. They should be focusing on investing and making profits. Not advancing the radical agenda of the left. There's so much that we can do. Keep your foot on the gas pedal. James, keep your foot on the gas pedal. You did the right thing by your daughter. Now we have to help our fellow citizens. And one of the ways I want you all to help fellow citizens, if you read the book, James, talk about it. Talk about the contents. Pass on the message. Pass on the message. That's the point of this. And don't hang up. I want to send you a signed copy of American Marxism. I'll be right back. Love in By the way, the Biden administration, this is from the Blaze Media, another great site, by the way. Blaze media site. I don't mention it enough. It's the Blaze.com, the Blaze.com. Biden administration sends back 27 Cubans escaping oppressive regime while releasing 50,000 migrants from elsewhere into the U.S. without court dates. Now, this is exactly what I've said it is over the years with this party, and in recent times with this president. All this illegal immigration, all legal immigration intended to affect the outcome of elections because so many people new to this country from south of the border vote Democrat once they get their citizenship. And I understand Donald Trump made great headway into that community, absolutely did. But still, if the Democrat Party is getting 60, 62% of the vote, the fact is um, you can get 38, 40% of the vote, you're going to get whipped. So when it comes to the Cubans, a majority of whom tend to vote Republican, well, they don't want any more Cubans here. I can't tell you how many times I've said, and I've been attacked by the criminal front group Media Matters, How many times I've said if those were Republicans coming across the southern border or thought to be Republicans based on the statistics that we get later from Gallup and Pew and others, the Democrats would be the ones building the highest, widest wall imaginable to prevent those folks from getting in here. So the border is wide open for future Democrats, but of course people who go into the Atlantic Ocean and suffer the potential consequences of sharks and so forth, well, we're going to send them back. And guess what happens when you send them back? Many of them don't survive. The Biden administration this week repatriated more than two dozen Cubans seeking refuge from their home country's oppressive communist regime, even as tens of thousands of migrants from other areas of the world have been released into the U.S. without court dates, writes The Blaze. In a news release issued this Tuesday, the U.S. Coast Guard's 7th District Southeast reported that crews had repatriated 27 Cubans to Cuba following two interdictions off the Florida coast. This is horrific. The first interdiction reportedly resulted from a good Samaritan. Oh, hell, I just lost it. Well, you get the drift. Maybe I can get it back fast, although I don't think so. Yeah, I did. I have a new laptop. It's killer. I love it. I'm trying to buy five seconds while I pull this up. Here we go. The first introduction reportedly resulted from a good Samaritan reporting a 21-foot vessel with 22 occupants on board maneuvering about seven miles south at Key West. The second occurred on Sunday when bystanders reported a makeshift raft with five people aboard floating approximately 15 miles off the shore from... Uh, Florida, I've got to tell you, I would have swam out there and helped those people, wouldn't you, Mr. Producer? This is so outrageous. And those people being repatriated, you know where they're going? To prison. To prison, where they'll probably be brutalized. They cannot justify this policy, this administration, but they are not pressed by the corrupt media any more than they can justify everybody in America wearing masks, even who've been vaccinated, while people can come across that southern border not being tested for the virus and not being required to do a damn thing. All right, folks, we'll pick it up from here tomorrow. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Please, if you have a moment, run over to Amazon.com. Grab a copy of American Marxism. I will see you tomorrow. Be well.